The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I want to talk to you today about spiritual warfare. And to be quite frank with you, God put this on my heart a couple weeks ago. I was praying and I felt like the Lord said, my people are getting beat up and it shouldn't be this way. And, and you can just see that some of what's going on in our church, so some of what's going on in homes, some of what's been going on in marriages, some of this stuff that's going on, it is beyond just normal life. There is a resistance that's taking place. And, and, I, and so today I want to help you to understand that resistance and be be aware of it so that you can deal with it. Because I want you to know today, there's a fight going on. There's a war going on. And it's a dangerous place to be living on a battlefield and not knowing there's a battle. When I was in junior high, I was at Woodland Hills Mall in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Anybody ever been to Woodland Hills Mall before in Tulsa, Oklahoma? A few of you. It was the jam, right? The jam. I was there with my mom in junior high and I'd been looking at shoes. It's champs and dreaming of that new pair of Jordans that I wanted to get. And we were leaving the mall. And as we're walking out, I didn't get the shoes, by the way. We're walking out of the mall. <laughs> and we're walking by the, 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 t- towards this exit. Well, as we're walking, I noticed that there's this group of people in front of us. And they're getting a little rowdy. Like there's something going on with these people, getting a little rowdy. And there's like a circle starting to form. And I'm starting to re- realize as we're walking towards this, something's getting ready to go down. I think there may be a fight or something that's going to happen. And so I'm walking with my mom, and I'm kind of starting to slow down, but she's just walking along, you know, just ready to walk right through it. And so I was like, hey, mom, I think, I think we need to find another, another exit. You see the, I think there's a fight getting ready to go down. And so I remember she was like, oh, okay. And we turned, and we started walking away, and I'll never forget this. My mom goes, you think there's going to be a rumble? <laughs> That's like a quote in our home. You think there's going to be a rumble? It was like such a, yeah, mom, I think so. West Side Story. So, so, but here's the thing. We got outside and we got to our car and a few minutes later, like all of a sudden, that big group came running outside and they were all running in different direction and security guards came out and they were on their, their walkie-talkies and stuff. And so I, I, we never know. I don't know what exactly what happened, but apparently there was some kind of fight or something going on. And my point is my mom was ready to walk right through the middle of it. She was unaware. How many of you know it can be dangerous if you're unaware that there's a fight going on? But there's a fight going on. I want you to know there's a war going on. And I want to help you today to win in the war. In fact, I'm calling this message, How to Win the War You're In. And I got seven points for you this morning. And the first one is, is that you need to recognize, you need to be aware. Number one, you're in a war. You are in a war. There's a battle going on. Look at this, Ephesians 6 Verse 10, this is going to be our main text for the day. We're going to unpack this together. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Everybody say stand. Stand Stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles means the the methods and the tactics. And the word devil, actually that that name devil actually means uh, deceiver, liar, manipulator. So, so here's the idea, that the devil has tactics and methods by which he's going to lie to you. That's what he does. Verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness 
in heavenly places. Now, we're going to walk through this verse a bit today, but the first thing I want you to see here is it tells us in verse 11, we need to put on the armor of God. Now, now something you need to understand about God is God is not a person who is going to waste your time. He's a good father, and he loves you, and he's for you, and he wants to help you. And he's not someone that's just going to tell you to do stuff just because he wants you to do it. So if he's telling you, listen, if he's telling you you need to put on armor, it's because he loves you and you need it. And you need it, why? Because you're in a war. You're in a fight. Turn the person beside you and say, we're in a war. Turn the other person and say, we're in a rumble. It's getting ready to go down. And the Bible is very clear about this. In fact, there's a ton of verses that speak to this from Genesis to Revelation. The Bible says we live in the world, but we do not wage war like the world does. It doesn't say we don't wage war. It says we don't wage war like the world does. The, the Bible says that no weapon that's formed against us will prosper. It doesn't say that no weapon will be formed, but it says when a weapon's formed, it won't prosper in its attack against you. The Bible says that it talks about the, how the battle that you're in is not yours, but it's the Lord's. It doesn't say the battle doesn't exist. It says that the battle does exist, and in the middle of that battle, you can know that God is with you and for you in the battle. You are in a war, my friends. The good news is you win because Jesus won. But if you don't understand how to engage in the war, if you're not recognizing that you're in a war, if you don't know where the war is coming from, then, then you could lose. The damage could be done. So you need to be aware, first of all, you're in a war. Here's point number two, you have an enemy. You have an enemy. And your enemy is not who you might think it is. Your enemy is not your boss. Your enemy is not that teacher at school or that coach or parents. Your enemy is not your teenagers. <laughs> you do have an enemy though. Look at what the verse says, Ephesians 6 verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. You know what that's talking about? That's people. So the Bible's telling us here, your, your real fight is not against people. Now, I get it. People can be a part of the problem because people can be influenced by the real problem. And, and, and flesh and blood, people can act a little crazy sometimes. Anybody relate to that? A little bit of craziness sometimes. But at the end of the day, they're not the main problem. They may be a part of the problem, but they're not the main problem. It goes on to say, but. Everybody say, but. So, but means that he's about to tell you what the main problem is. All right, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Let me simplify this for you. What that's saying is the battle is against demons and the devil. Is it okay with you in this church if I talk about demons and the devil for just a moment? Not to glorify them, but to make you aware of them. Because a lot of people aren't talking about this anymore. And because we're not talking about it, we don't understand how to fight against it. We're fighting the wrong battles. But you know, there really is a real devil. And there really are real demons. And the Bible tells us, Jesus talks about the devil. I'll show you verses on this. There's a real devil and he hates you. Don't you love coming to church and just getting encouraged? Find out somebody hates you, but he does. He hates you. And he is driven to steal, kill, and destroy you. And the Bible says he's seeking whom he may devour. I love that word may. It means he needs some permission. But he's seeking whom he may devour. And he is working. He's got wiles. He's got tactics. He's got methods. He's got demons that he's working to try to destroy your life. Now, hear me, hear me. I'm not saying everything's the devil, okay? I'm not that guy. I don't want to overemphasize, you know, you probably met that person before that like everything's the devil, the dishwasher, 
didn't clean the dishes. The devil's in the detergent. It's the devil. You pour, you pour a bowl of frosted flakes and the milk's sour. It's the devil. The devil soured my milk. No, no, no. Check the date on, this, on the milk. It's just, it's bad. You got a, you got a belt out in the washer. Like, it's just, you know. So I'm not trying to overemphasize the power of, of the demonic forces that are against you. But listen, I'm not saying everything's the devil. But it's, it's also, we got to be careful we don't underemphasize what he's trying to do. Because some of you, you are dealing with some stuff. There's some stuff coming against you. And it's not just the natural way it is. It's not just human nature. It's not just the way I, the way I was raised. It's not, no, no, no. It is, a, it is demonic forces that are warring against you, trying to stop you and keep you from what God has for you. C.S. Lewis, I love this quote. He says, the problem is most people overestimate or underestimate spiritual warfare. Funny how the devil likes it when we overbelieve or underbelieve, just don't Bible believe. I want to help you Bible believe today. I want to help you understand how to win the war you're in. And, and first of all, you need to understand today, you need to get this. There's some of you, uh, this was strong impression I got from the Holy Spirit today. There's some of you, you're dealing with some problems with people and you think it's a flesh and blood problem, but your problem is not with the person. It's with, it's with demonic influence that's coming against that person. And if you want to deal with the person, you got to deal with the demon behind the person. I'm not saying they're demon possessed, but they can be oppressed by the devil and oppressed by a demonic force. Can we be real this morning? So you're, you're in a war, you have an enemy Here's the third thing you need to understand. This war that you're in is multidimensional. Multidimensional. Ephesians 6, verse 12. Look back at it with me. It says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. And now look at what it says next. This, this next part is important. In the heavenly places. And we're talking about demons and devils here, right? So, so understand, when it says in the heavenly places, it's not talking about heaven, because they're not in heaven. What it's talking about here, if you actually study this out, it's talking about another realm. It's talking about the spiritual realm. You need to understand today, there is another realm, another world that exists called the spiritual world, and it is a real world. In fact, you could argue that world is more real than the world that you experience with your five physical senses, because it was from that world that this world was created. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says this, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see, notice see, it's talking about what we experience, what we see with our, with our eyes, with our physical eyes, did not come from anything that can be seen. God is a spirit and he exists in a spiritual realm and this world was born from that spiritual realm. God created from that realm this realm. And it's important that you understand that because if you don't understand that, you won't be able to tap into what exists in the other spiritual realm that God has for you, that God wants to do for you, that will help you to deal with what you're dealing with in the physical realm. Look at this verse with me, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14 and 15, the natural man, talking about the, the natural man who just works with his natural eyes, and it's, it's what, if I can't touch it, if I can't taste it, if I can't see it, if I can't experience it with my five senses, this doesn't exist, it's not real. Look at what it says, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. I'll show you today, God's got some stuff for you in the spiritual realm, but you're not going to experience it if you don't realize this. 
for they are foolishness to him. In other words, he, he doesn't know they exist. He doesn't know that they're, they're out there for him. Nor can he know them. Know them means experience, have, have relationship with this stuff because they are spiritually discerned. What I want you to see is you, you limit the scope of what God can do in your life if you limit your world to just this world you experience with your five physical senses. God wants to do more for you and, and whatever may be going on in your life, there's probably some stuff going on in your life that you're experiencing in this natural wor- world, but it's rooted in the spiritual world. And if you want to deal with what you're dealing with in the natural, you've got you to address it at the root. You've got to get to the roots so that you can affect it at the fruit. Let, let me show you this some more. I'm going to unpack this for you. Ephesians 1.3 talks about how the blessings of God are located in the heavenly places. That's talking about in the spiritual realm. So God has blessings and benefits and things that he stored up for you in the spiritual realm that are available for you, but you got to tap into them. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 verse 20 that Jesus is seated in a place of authority at the right hand of God in heavenly places in the spiritual realm. God, Jesus, the risen, resurrected, died on the cross, rose from the grave, victorious Jesus sits at the right hand of God in a position of power and authority over all of the things of this world at the right hand of God. That's what Ephesians 1.20 tells us. Look at this. Uh, Ephesians 2.6 says that we are seated with Jesus Christ in the heavenly realm. So get this. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God in a position of authority and power. And the Bible says you're seated in him. You're there. That's the seat you have. Listen, where you're sitting today is not the only place you're located according to scripture. You're located in a position of authority and power with God in heavenly places above the things of this earth. Wow. You need to recognize that this morning. Ephesians 3.10 says that the angels are located in the heavenly realm, in the spiritual places. Angels are ministering spirits that God has, has allocated to us to help us accomplish what he wants to do in our life. They want to minister to you. They, they're in the spirit, but they affect the physical. And you need to know how to tap into their, the work that they want to do in your world. And then we just read Ephesians 6.20 says the demonic forces are in the heavenly places. Okay, so let me break this down for you. There's another world that exists, a spiritual realm that exists. And your blessings are there. Jesus is there. According to scripture, you're located there. Angels that want to fight with you and for you are located there. And demonic forces that are fighting against you are located there. Sounds to me like a lot of what's going on is located there. And it's affecting here. And so it's important that we know how to tap into there so that from there we can affect what's going on here. But so often we just limit to what's going on here to here. And we try to deal with what's going on here, here. And so we'll take pills to deal with what's going on here. And we'll, we'll go to doctors and psychologists to deal with what's going on here. And we come to believe the lies that the world's trying to tell us about what's going on here because we're trying to deal with here. But listen, unless we understand that what's happening here is affected by what's going on there, we're going to continue to be frustrated and aggravated because we can't deal with what's going on here, here. Yes. It's kind of like this video that I, I saw a couple of weeks ago. I was preparing this message this week. God reminded me of this video. It's a perfect perfect illustration of what some of you are dealing with. Check this out.
pretty mean right here's the thing some of you that's what's going on in your life you're right here and you're going it's not going it's not going away I can't get it to go I can't get these migraines to leave I can't get this depression to go away I can't get this 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 thought pattern to go away it's not going and what you don't realize is there's someone influencing what's going on here from over here and if you'll stop trying to just address it here and turn around and address it at the root the fruit will stop if that kid just turns around and sees that his big brother's being a jerk and influencing what he's experiencing, everything stops and everything changes. Some of you, there's, he's not your big brother, he's your enemy, and he's a jerk. And he's influencing what's going on, and you're dealing with it here, but you need to deal with it at the root. If we'll deal with it at the root, we can fix the fruit. Okay, so let's, let's review. You got an enemy, you're, you got a, you're in a battle, he wants to fight you, he wants to fight you in this, in this dimension, and, and so we gotta tap into that dimension. So I, I just kind of think of this in a very practical way. Okay, take yourself back to elementary school. Boys, girls, you probably didn't have some of this, but you find out that like Ned wants to fight you. <laughs> Ned wants to meet you on the playground and fight you. Okay, so if it's me, I got an enemy. His name is Ned. He wants to fight me on the playground. Who's Ned? <laughs> right? How big a boy is Ned? How does Ned fight? <laughs> Is Ned bringing a knife to the fight? Like, I want to know how Ned fights. Because if I understand how Ned fights, I know how to defend myself. I know what to bring to the fight. Uh, so I want to help you understand how to fight. Okay, so, so it's kind of like in sports. You know, you, you watch sports, be it football, basketball, hockey, whatever. They watch film, don't they? They watch film because they want to understand their opponent. They want to understand what kind of plays their opponent runs, what kind of formations their opponent uses, because the better they know their opponent, the better they can defend themselves and defend what they want to defend their goal, and the more that the, the better their odds are of actually walking in victory. Okay, so let me help you understand how to defend yourself against your opponent. Your opponent. Here's how the enemy works: the, the enemy fights with deception. The number one tool of the enemy against you is deception. He's the father of lies. He only lies. It's all he can do. Now, here's why this is incredible news for you today. I was reminded this week as I was thinking about this, I remember watching one of those mic'd up football shows one time, and I heard this coach talking to his defensive line, and he was telling them, they're running those trick plays. That means we got them. Because when they start to run the trick plays, that means they know they can't line up with you and match you strength for strength. So they have to run deceptive plays to try to beat you. Listen, the Bible tells us that the devil is only a deceiver. And the reason every play he runs is in deception is because he knows he cannot line up with you and match you strength for strength. Because your strength is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the one who fights for you is so far greater than the one who's fighting against you. I'm here to tell you, New Song Church, you can win the war you're in. You can fight this fight and win this fight. The devil can't match you strength for strength. 
He can't do it. He does not have the ability. So what he does is, here's how he works. He works in deception. And he works to try to move you off of your position of strength. To move you away from God. To move you away from running the plays that, 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 that are from your position of strength that are gonna help you to walk in victory. So he works in deception. He tries to trick you, tries to get you looking at the wrong thing, focusing on the wrong thing because he knows if you just line up and with your strength behind you, he cannot stop you. And so he comes at you, and here's how his deception work. he, it works. He's the father of lies. So he wants to get into your mind. He wants to get in, into your, your ear, and he wants to deceive you by, uh, by affecting you with thought patterns. Get into your mind and get you thinking a certain way. And so he'll come to you, and he'll say, who do you think you are? You think God could use someone like you? You're just a stay-at-home mom. I can't do anything with you. You're just a divorcee. God can't do anything with you. You're just a high school student. You think God could use someone like you? you? You know you. You know the thoughts you have. You know the things you've done. God ain't gonna use you. You need to, you need to some people can, can, can have that, not you though. That's not for you. You shouldn't have faith for that. This is how the devil works. Yep. He comes to you and says, hey, you don't need to get plugged in at that church. You get plugged into that church, people are gonna know you. You go to that small group, they're going to know that you don't know this much about the Bible. And you're going to look like an idiot. You don't want that. Right. Stay away. Keep a distance. Get, just go in and go out. But don't, don't get plugged in. No, 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 no. He'll come to you and he'll say, you're, this is the way you are. You're born this way. You'll always be this way. Your mama was that way. Your grandma was that way. Depression runs in the family. Migraines run in the family. You, you, you'll never have children. That's for some people, but not you. You can't have children. Any of this sound familiar? This is how the devil works. He's a deceiver. I got good news for you this morning. If you've had any form of thought patterns in your life that feel like a prison cell, that ain't coming from God. So you know who it's coming from? It's coming from the devil. Here's why that's really good news. The devil only lies. So the prison cell of thoughts that maybe you found yourself in that you've put your stock in and you put your faith in, it's a lie. It's a lie from an enemy who knows what you're capable of. Whether or not you recognize it, he knows. He knows the kind of damage you can do to the kingdom of darkness if you recognize the seat that you've been given in Christ Jesus. He knows the kind of good that you can do for the kingdom of God if you recognize the seat that you have in Christ Jesus. So he's coming at you to move you away from your position of strength in Jesus Christ. But I'm here to tell you it's all a big lie. But what he wants to do, listen, this is important. The devil, the devil works with consent and cooperation. And the only way he can defeat you is if he can get you to agree with him. He's powerless against you unless you hand over power to him. And often we do. We believe him instead of Jesus. We believe his lies instead of the word. And he pulls us away from our strength. And he defeats us. And he shouldn't defeat you. Because Jesus already won for you. But we give away our victory. Don't give away your victory, church. And let me just tell you this. Uh, He's not going to take it easy on you just because you're a Christian. In fact, Matthew 4, you guys remember this. Jesus is fasting and praying, and the devil comes at him with deception. 
Jesus. In fact, here's what's interesting. He actually comes at Jesus and he quotes scripture. He misquotes scripture to Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is the word made flesh. So he misquotes the word to the word made flesh. What I want you to see though is if he'd be willing to try that with Jesus, you think he's gonna take it easy on you? This is why you need to know what the word says. Because a lot of people don't know what the word says. And so they believe the lies when the devil comes and says, you can't be healed, you can't be free, you can't have that, that's not for you. We don't know the word. So he, he gets us to believe it. He twists the word. He manipulates us through the word. But what I love about Jesus, here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus doesn't like throw a hissy fit to quote my mom. <laughs> he doesn't like shake his fist and pound the ground and get all upset and mad. No, no, he just quotes scripture. He quotes scripture and he tells the devil to leave. And the, and the Bible says that the devil leaves. Because that's the kind of power that Jesus has. Understand this, my friends. This is not like two powerful forces warring against each other. This is like the most incredibly powerful army you could ever imagine versus an ant. It's not even close. It really isn't. And the power that God has available is available to you through Jesus Christ. Look at this verse, 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. So what we're about to read is the reason why Jesus came. Here it is, that he might destroy, destroy, destroy. Everybody say destroy. The works of the devil. The devil's got works. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So how do you walk in this victory? How do you win the war you're in? You have an enemy. He's a deceiver. He's, he hates you. He's coming against you. He's fighting you in this other realm. How do we tap into what God has for us in that realm? How do we win the war we're in? All right, three more points for you as we close. Here's number five. We got to power up. We got to power up. Ephesians five, or I'm sorry, Ephesians six. Look at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong. Everybody say, Be strong. Now read these next three words with me. In the Lord. Say it again. In the Lord. We're to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Whose might? His, his might. Okay, so here's what, here's what God's telling us here. See, we're trying to fight the battle in our own strength. Your strength ain't, ain't enough. Your strength is natural strength. You, that ain't gonna work. You need to tap into the strength of God. That strength is available to you from another playing field, but you gotta tap into it. And if you'll tap into it, you can have that strength here for what you're facing. So how do we tap into that strength? Well, God has given us resources to help us, but you gotta plug into them. It's just like a refrigerator. It's just like any kind of a electric appliance you have in your house. If you want it to work, you got to plug it in, right? You got to stay plugged in and connected to God and the power of God. You got to recognize, listen, recognize you're not enough in your own strength. You need the strength of God to help you. So we got to plug into him. We're going to connect with him. And so he's given us things whereby which we can tap into his power. He's given us the word of God. He's given us prayer. He's given us the church. He's given us worship. Look at, look at some of these verses with me. Uh, James 5 verse 16 says, prayer is powerful and effective. 
Prayer is powerful. Prayer is a powerful resource God has given you whereby which you can connect with him and through it you can tap into what he has for you. He's given us his word. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is quick and powerful. The word is powerful. You need to get in the word. You need to know what the word of God says about your life. I know this sounds so simple, but it really is simple. God made it simple for a reason. We gotta get back to the basics. You need to get in the word. You need to know what the word says. You don't just trust me to tell you it all the time. Get in it yourself. Understand it. Speak the word. It's coming out of your mouth. It's, it's the breath of God. You have the breath of God in you. Let, it, let those two agree. Come into agreement with each other. Speak the word. Think about the word. Remember what it says. Keep coming back to it. 1 Corinthians 5, 4 talks about the church. It talks about how when we're gathered together in the name of the Lord Jesus, that there's power of Jesus that's present. When you come to church, you know it's powerful. How many of you have a better Monday when you've been at church on Sunday? How many? Sometimes it's this. I need a better Sunday afternoon so I come to church on Sunday. The church coming together to, like we do with assembling with other believers, there's power that's released in your life. God wants to touch you. So we can't look at churches just, well, I'll, I'll catch it when I can. No, no, no. You need to recognize it's an opportunity for me to plug in to the power that I need to walk in the victory that Jesus wants me to walk in. Worship is important. Psalms 8 verse 2 says, through worship, we send the enemy running. That, that worship is, is how we can, it's a, it's a weapon God has given us that sends the devil running in the other direction. It's a powerful tool God's given us. So we don't just do it on Sunday. We got to do it on Monday and we got to do it on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and all day Saturday. It's grand to be a Christian, ain't it grand? Some of you old school church people just got that. You got to tap into the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says you receive power. Everybody say power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you need to be baptized in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And then you need to daily depend on the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding. That just looks like this. Holy Spirit, I need you today. I recognize I don't have it in me. I don't have the wisdom in me. I don't have the power in me to live the life. I don't have it to, to be the pastor of this church, to be the husband you've called me to be to Sarah, to be the parent you've called me to be to Gus and Bo and Sonny. So I lean into you. You know better than me. And so I need your power today. You got to tap into the power. You were to be strong in the Lord. You can't be strong in the Lord if you're not in the Lord, right? So we got to tap into the power. Number six is you got to dress for success. Ephesians 6 verse 11 says, put on. Everybody say, put on. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 13 says, therefore, take up. Everybody say, take up. Take up the whole armor of God. Of God. The armor of God are, are spiritual tools God has given us that help us to be protected and to help us to fight off the attacks of the enemy. And I don't have time to get into all the pieces of armor and what they do. I'd encourage you to study this this week, though. Spend some time, do your homework, studying what the Word of God says about the armor of God. But I'll give you this point. Here's the key to the armor of God. You ready? If you want the armor of God to work, you gotta put it on. You gotta take it up. It doesn't say God will put it on you. Say, so you gotta put it on daily. You gotta put it on. You gotta take it up. And if you do, it's a powerful resource God's given you to help you to win the war you're in. And here's point number seven you gotta stand on your seat. Stand on your seat. My pastor used to say growing up, he would say this from time to time he'd say, Get your shouting clothes on. Get your shouting clothes on, church. I don't know what that means, but do it, okay? <laughs> it means get ready because it's about to get good. Stand on your seat. Over and over again in Ephesians 6, it says we're to stand. 
it says in verse 11, take your stand. In verse 13, it says, stand your ground. In verse 14, it says, stand firm. Okay, we read earlier that Jesus Christ has been seated in heavenly places, right? Position of authority and power above the things of this world. We also read that we have been seated with him. So when I say stand on your seat, here's what I'm saying. Stand on what made that seat that's reserved for you available. And what is that? Let me tell you what that is. That's the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the completed, finished work of Jesus Christ that's available to you by grace. It means it's not about what you've done. It's about what he's done. By grace received through faith. You know, I think that one of the great dangers that we have as Christians is we get too familiar with the cross. That the cross becomes something that we just kind of know about it. Jesus died on the cross. He took nails in his hands and feet. He hung there. He died for me. And we get familiar with that. In fact, years ago, I remember I was reading my Bible and I actually got to the gospels. I'm reading through them and I got to where the crucifixion took place and I found myself going, I'm going to skip ahead. And I remember the Holy Spirit just kind of stopped me and said, what are you doing? (laughs) And I, I recognized in that moment, it's easy to get familiar with the cross, but the cross is important. Because the cross is the point of contact we have that that we stand on. It's our spot that we stand on that enables us to defend ourselves in an incredible way against what the enemy comes against us with. See, the devil works with deception. And so he's going to come to you and he's going to say, who do you think you are? And if you know what the cross represents, you go, well, I'm a child of God. And that's not who I think I am. That's who I know I am. And I know I'm there because Jesus Christ died on the cross so that I could be born into the family of God. God loved me so much that he himself came to this earth, put on flesh, allowed that flesh to be ripped apart so that I could be born into the family of God. So I think, in fact, I know I'm a child of God and I have a seat of victory with God. The devil's going to come at you and he's going to say, well, healing is for some people, but it's not for you. No, Jesus said he came to set at liberty those who are captive. He said he, brought, he, went, he came to bring freedom and healing. And the Bible says that by his stripes I was healed. And, and those stripes are my receipt for the purchase that he made for me at the cross that says that I've already been healed. Yes. The devil comes to you and says, well, you just have to deal with depression. That's just a chemical makeup and who you are. And you're going to have to deal with that the rest of your life. Well, <laughs> the Bible says that he can heal all our diseases. All our diseases. But that, uh, that can't be our mind. Oh, really? Some of you believe in that lie. You would stand for healing in your body, but you won't stand for healing in your mind. Just a reminder, your, your brain's in your mind. Or your brain's in your body. Just a quick reminder. I'm trying to help you this morning. It was for the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross, despising the shame. The joy that was set before him was you, and the joy that was set before him is your joy. Not your depression. Ooh, that's good stuff. I hope you're getting this. Jesus came to make a way. That's your spot. If you'll stay there, if you'll stay at the cross, if you'll remind yourself of what the cross represents, it's your victory. The devil can't touch you there. I heard this story one time about, uh, it was back in the Old West. 
in, in, in the pioneer days, there was this father and son and there was a fire that broke out in, in their prairie and they were trying to fight this fire for a while, but it just got so big and got away from them to the point that they couldn't, they couldn't stop it. And now it was just time to, to kind of head for the hills or run, get away because it was getting dangerous. And so the father took, took the, his, the, his son's hand and he ran him over to a spot and he, he stopped him and he said, we got to stay right here. If we stay in this spot, we're going to be safe. His son said, Dad, we got to run. We, we got to get away from this. You see these flames, they're heading in this direction. They're all around us. We got to get out of here. And he said, no, no, if we stay right here, I'm telling you, it may look bad around us, but if we stay on this spot, the flames won't touch us. And guess what? The flames didn't touch them. They were safe on their spot. You know what the spot was that he led his son to? It was a spot that had already been burned by the fire. Some of you are getting this. I want you to know something. Jesus already walked through the fire for you. Jesus went to the cross and every sin and every bit of shame that would ever be laid on any person was laid upon him. And he already purchased it and it was burned up at the cross. And when the devil tries to bring it against you, it has no claim. It can't touch you if you stay on your spot. If you stand on what Jesus Christ has done for you, nothing that the enemy can throw at you can affect you. Can I get an amen? Would you give the Lord a shout this morning? I want you to know, church, I want you to know, church, that you can win the war you're in because Jesus won the war you're in. It's already been won. It's already been done. We're victorious because he was victorious. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. It's already been accomplished. And if we will stand on the seat of victory we have in the cross of Jesus Christ, if we'll power up through Jesus Christ and stay connected to him through his word, through worship, through the church, through prayer, through connecting with him on a daily basis, if we'll dress for success and arm ourselves for the, for the battle that we're in and be prepared, you will always win. Can I get an amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? Lord Jesus, we are so grateful, so grateful for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. And I pray right now, in this moment, I pray right now for a fresh revelation of the work of the cross of Jesus Christ for every person in here. Lord, the cross has the final word. And the final word is victory. The final word is in you, Lord. And so we, we say that we stay connected to you. We plug into you. Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for the victory we have in you. Thank you that we win the war we're in because you won the war. And I take authority over any demonic influence that would try to come against this church and come against our people, that would try to stop us or withhold the blessings and the good things that you have for us. Lord, I take up my seat of authority in Christ Jesus. I resist the devil and he must flee in Jesus' name. We curse you, Satan, and every work that you would try to come against our people with. And we thank you for the victory that we will walk in and the fullness of it in Christ Jesus, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.